Hi, everyone. I'm JJ Hornbless, and welcome to The Buzz from Bank Automation News, where we explore how automation technology is transforming the banking industry. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the industry this week. Before beginning, uh, a great thanks to Bank Automation News advertisers Fiserv and MX for their support. I am pleased to be joined by Bianca Chan and Lorraine Lawson from the Bank Automation News team. Hello to both of you. It is Friday, January 29, 2021. Uh, everyone and their mother has been buying uh, GameStop, GameStop stock, excuse me, until today. Uh, the stock dropped 44% uh, in yesterday's trading after triple digit gains all week. U.S. COVID hospitalizations continued their weeks-long decline. Uh, new cases hovered around 150,000 for the third day in a row as of yesterday, Thursday. The South African coronavirus variant has been detected in South Carolina. And uh, the decline in U.S. cigarette sales slowed last year as lockdowns spurred smoking and some vapors switched back to cigarettes. And finally, GM has set a 2035 target for phasing out all gas and diesel powered vehicles globally, presumably in favor of battery operated vehicles. In banking automation, this week we heard about uh, the significant automation goals at Wells Fargo, um, where they are looking to add something uh, on the order of 300 automations across the institution. Bianca, what is the sort of details behind this initiative? And what does it say about Wells Fargo's automation plans over the next, uh, call it 12 to 24 months? Yeah, sure. So the um, the automations are supposed to come out over the next couple of years. That's the plan, at least as part of as part of the um, enterprise robotics and intelligent automation program. Um, there's a lot of information you can glean from from job postings uh, at, at banks, as we've learned. Uh, and a quick scan of Wells Fargo's careers page showed that they are actually hiring. Uh, not looking to hire nine um, automation-focused executives. Um, so definitely trying to, to boost the, the bench strength, if you will, from that, from that point of view. All, all nine postings have been posted in the last month. Um, it's interesting. When, we, when we've spoken to Wells Fargo in the past, they've broken down how their automation team or effort is kind of um, organized within the bank. And the executive broke it down from on left side and a light and a right side of the brain. So the left side kind of deals with strategy, roadmap, oversight, governance, business operations. Um, the right side is the coding side, the software, the engineering talent, implementation, and tech support. Uh, and all of the most, if not all of the job postings currently up um, are looking for engineers. So they're definitely trying to beef up their, their tech talent from that point of view. But that's interesting because one of the one of the driving themes in Wells's most recent earnings was their shortcoming in their efficiency ratio versus 
other large financial institutions. I mean, are developers going to yield better efficiencies internally? Um, that's not, they're not necessarily known as a drag on efficiency um, for uh, large corporates. Right. Well, I think the idea is maybe the RPA program as it's being built out uh, and invested in will hopefully help lift that efficiency or at least boost it um, by some degree. Uh, Lorraine's reporting last week of new data from Automation Anywhere found that organizations have seen like a 50% to 150% return on investment within the first 12 months of, uh, of implementing RPA. Uh, mm -hmm. And the measurable returns amount to an average of two and a half times the RPA investments overall cost. So I think in building out this program in the next few years, that should help. I mean, it would seem that it would seem that um, I mean Wells is top four bank in the country, uh, one of the four largest banks in the nation. So if they're the ones with the lagging efficiency ratio. This sort of 300 or so um, uh, slate of automation efforts, this is probably like the maximum that you would see at a large institution these days. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine that there would be um, an initiative at another financial institution that would be larger right now. Or is that not really the case? Is it just that Wells is sort of playing catch up to the other large institutions. Well, I guess the 300 plus is in addition to whatever existing RPA the bank already has. They started their automation project around whether their automation, um, I guess like Endeavor about two and a half years ago when most other big banks sort of got into the same game. So I think based on timelines, it should be relatively uh, competitive, I think. Comparable. Yes. Like, yeah. a, like a comp to the other. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, also this week there was news from Plaid that they introduced a new product. Uh, Lorraine, what's the, get, please uh, share with us some background on that new product or tool that they introduced. Yes, it's a new tool uh, called Deposit Switch. And it's in beta actually, but what it's designed to do is to automate uh, onboarding and account funding by allowing people to automatically switch their paycheck to an account. Uh, and that'll be offered through the banks and then it will use Plaid's uh, API to connect that stuff. And do, do you think that this is, I mean, bank switching historically has been pretty low. Is this the sort of grease that might eventually, that might finally, you know, get those skids moving? Well, that's what Plaid thinks, and that's exactly why they uh, wanted to introduce this product, is that they thought it was a too paper-heavy process. And uh, a lot of banks have had problems with people starting accounts and abandoning them or not funding them because they simply don't want to fool with the paperwork. I wonder whether this is like something that they can only introduce now that the visa deal <laughs> fell apart. Because I mean, what were they going to do? They were going to have, they were going to introduce this product that effectively would allow Visa's customers to lose their customers to other banks. True, uh, they have been eighteen. It was it's eighteen months in the in the process building this, and they had actually uh, had 
two banks, well, one bank and one app, try out the product. Um, they said in the blog post, Lily, which is a, a bank for freelance writers has tried it out and liked it. Uh, and then a company called Yoda, which uh, promotes savings and works with banks to promote savings, customer savings. Yes, and if it sounds familiar, JJ, we've also, uh, when we spoke with Green Dot, when they launched their new GoToBank app, they actually spoke about the, the Plaid integration to help automate the switching of direct deposits, or at least the setting up direct deposits. So right. it seems as though Green Dot is also leveraging the- Was the also one of the, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you, you, you can't help but notice these like initiatives that start after the deal falls through. But I mean, there's, you can't, you equally can't, you know, make a connection, although I guess our, our listeners can make their own deductions. Um, and what about at MasterCard? What did we learn about uh, at MasterCard this week, Lorraine? So two, two news items from MasterCard. The first is that they stopped $20 billion worth of fraud uh, with uh, their AI by automation. So that really paid off for them. But they also said that hackers are now starting to use AI and bots, which puts companies at more risk of being targeted by automated attacks. Um, so. Do you have a feeling for how that works? How that works? Like how would they do that? They would use the cloud, I'm sure, uh, using AWS services. I mean, if you're in another country, you log on and upload your bots and go to work. Right. I don't know. I don't know that they would use AWS, but there are clouds out there that they could use. Right, right, right. Sorry. Well, go what's ahead. interesting was in the MasterCard story that you wrote, Lorraine, was that um, they've kind of seen this trend of of SM of fraud among SMBs or small, medium-sized businesses. Um, and when we spoke to uh, fraud analysts and experts back at the beginning of PPP, uh, we heard that. Fraud is a common sort of like, I guess, symptom of government relief programs. Uh, and so maybe that's sort of what's helping to drive this um, like concentration on, on SMBs specifically. Yeah, they and, said that- and I, Sorry, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. They said that uh, they estimated that two thirds of SMBs have been targeted now. So- By, by fraud. And, but where is, but their savings in, you know, that, that sort of $20 billion number, is that coming, is that preventing fraud among SMBs? Is that, where uh, is no. it? I, I mean, that would be over their networks. So that's where that savings would be found. Um, and I guess in, in so far as SMBs use their networks, there would be a savings there. Right. right. So it's a portion of the, of the 20 billion. But right. MasterCard also did just launch their, their trust center specifically geared for SMBs, correct? Yes, they have a trust center that has best practices on it, but it also has a free tool that you can use to, uh, you can apply to have them automatically evaluate your website for risk. And they do sort of vet that. We applied to have our site vetted and I still haven't heard from them, <laughs> interestingly enough. But I think that's actually a good thing because it means that hackers couldn't use the tool uh, to find out what they could exploit on your site. Or, or maybe it means that the tool is not as automated as, uh, as we would expect. It also may mean that, yes. Right, right. Um, coming up next week on our coverage, uh, what's happening on the news front? And then also uh, in the center of excellence, what are we, uh, 
what are we expecting to produce? The center of excellence is our, our best practices uh, corner of the site. So um, what do we have coming down uh, in those two, um, in, on those two sides of the, of the site? Yeah, we're going to continue to look at uh, RPA trends um, from from data from Automation Anywhere. Uh, maybe feature a podcast if if we're into the multimedia thing, and then also um, checking out what what's in store for Lockstep, which is a new uh, automation fintech with some interesting plans uh, coming down the pipe. Uh, and then, of course, taking another look at a couple of uh, big banks' uh, job postings to try to glean where they are investing their. Uh, at least their hiring budget for uh, automation mm -hmm. projects. And um, and in the uh, and and we've been doing a series on like how to automate. Mm -hmm. So uh, what's the what's the most recent one that we've done? Ah, it's actually going up. Uh, it, it went up yesterday. It's um, Lorraine wrote it on how to automate uh, PPP, and it's actually quite interesting. We're seeing a lot of smaller financial institutions or have kind of used PPP as a gateway to automation. And, and so it's basically a how-to step-by-step on how they've uh, gotten into the game. Right. So that offers a bit of a, a bit of help on a protocol on how to implement automation in various sites. So, okay, great. Well, thank you both so much. And thank you, everyone, for uh, visiting with us uh, at The Buzz. Um, we'll see you next time. Visit us at bankautomationnews.com uh, and, of course, on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll see you next time.